Another week, another New York Giants football game. This one probably being a trap game, qualifying as one. Welcome back to the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast, everybody. Be sure to hit that like button, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or a video drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. Uh, five stars on Apple Podcasts as well, that being for Twinville and Big Blue in the Bronx. So, we play the Detroit Lions Sunday, 1 o'clock p.m., before our Thanksgiving Day game in Dallas. Now, I have to decide, of course, when I am doing um, the the uh, preview pod for the Dallas game. That's probably going to come out maybe Wednesday. Uh, because, obviously, on here, Tuesdays are uh, the, uh, what do you call it? Tuesdays are the uh, recap pods. So, Wednesday probably is the preview pod for Dallas. Obviously, off Thanksgiving Day. Friday or Saturday, more leaning towards the usual Saturday for the recap of the Dallas game. And then probably wait a few days, more like a week, and then we preview the Washington game, which I will be attending along with the Colts game. So, if you know anyone is uh, interested in uh, meeting myself, I'll be at the Colts game with Donald of the Boys in the Big Apple podcast. And then the classic Boys in the Big Apple crew of me, Sean, and Luca will be attending the, uh, the Commanders game. Trying to get a custom jersey before then, but uh, uh, I'm getting less less confident by the day because they're, they it says on the website, oh, well, we have uh, XL, or I think it was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was XL. I'm like, hey, you know, I'll fit into it. But, uh, you know, uh, now it says out of stock. So I'm like, do I really buy a youth jersey or do I just, you know, wait? And I'm going to wait because, like, buying a youth jersey of uh, largest size, I'm small. Like, I'm 5'7", you know, 130-some-odd pounds. But at the same time, I want something that I'll have for a while and not just grow out of. That would be a waste of $200 right there. So probably going to wait for that. Uh, we're also attending the Knicks game. After the Washington game, hopefully it doesn't get flexed or go into overtime because I know my uh, my two companions will uh, will they will kill me. They will kill me knowing that they won't be seeing their favorite team um, for a little bit. But let's talk about first thoughts. Uh, we do have an interview this week. It is with Jeremy Reisman. He did an excellent job uh, talking about the Detroit Lions. He did write a uh, article with uh, a pretty funny name to it talking about how the Giants quote-unquote run cowardly football and I know a lot of Giant fans uh went after the article name and said it was bullshit and all these other things I'm just gonna say hey listen you know we'll we'll see what happens this game the Giants could uh change their tempo to more of a passing offense we'll see um but all the same usual stuff injury report all these different things uh the feeling coming into this week is trap game it is a trap game uh the Detroit Lions play some competitive football uh, defensively, they're not very good. Their run defense has been, you know, okay over the last few weeks, as Jeremy touches on in the uh, interview. The passing defense, it's not great. I think, despite Okuda playing very well over the last few weeks, well, guess what? You know, at the end of the day, there are still some pieces back there that you're, you, you know, you're not necessarily confident in uh, if you're a Lions fan. But also, when you look at the Giants' receiving core, other than Darius Slayton, uh, there's not too many, uh, too many great pieces. Not too many solid pieces you get to throw to. Um, one, though, Robinson looks like he's going to play this week. Um, obviously, 
with this coaching staff, they really never give it away because um, I'll talk about the Lemieux thing in a minute. But like earlier this season, they listed Leonard Williams as questionable. He didn't play against the Packers. So, you know, you really have to wait until game day to find out who's active, who's inactive, this, that, and the other thing. Um, I kind of find it a little surprising that Josh Azudu may not play. It's looking like it. Uh, because, you know, he, as in Brian Dable, was very confident, you know, at least somewhat confident in him playing. But then Art Stapleton comes out and says, well, you know, uh, Shane Lemieux is going to get activated and he is going to start left guard. Um, which I'm not going to lie to you, I am very excited about. Now, nothing against Josh Zudu, you know, he'll probably be on the bench for this game. They may even make him active and just say, look, you got to sit this one out for your injury reasons. We'll take you and put you in the lineup if, you know, something happens. But I really don't think they would do that because Nick Gates is there. He could play left guard. Uh, Jack Anderson could play left guard. There's a couple other guys that could play left guard. So, you know, depth is not really an issue at this moment with the New York Giants. But we'll see. Um, obviously, when we get later into the show, we'll talk about whether the Giants should go with more of a passing game. What will they do? Um, because obviously you guys were watching this show on Tuesday and I was like you know a little left to be desired by not passing the football and Daniel Jones having a really good day um probably his most efficient day of the season other than maybe Green Bay or even Jacksonville um but yeah so let's go to the injury report Detroit Lions Charles Harris is out with a groin injury um Joshua Pashal, knee injury, he is out. He is the uh, second-round pick out of Kentucky, I believe. Deshaun Elliott is questionable with the concussion. Uh, many are not necessarily confident that he will play. So Will Harris, who's more of a nickel corner, they'll probably test some other guys. As, um, as I can't even talk today. They'll probably test some other guys out. Um, with that being said, Frank Ragnow is... Dealing with a foot injury, he did not practice Wednesday and Thursday, but Friday he did, so he's probably going to play. But Dexter Lawrence, uh, take advantage of that hampering injury Frank Ragno is dealing with. Uh, Josh Reynolds is questionable with a back injury, and Malcolm Rodriguez, elbow injury, he's also questionable. Uh, Taylor Decker, he'll play Chase Lucas, he'll play... Fidu Melo-Fanwu, he'll play. DeAndre Swift, Matt Nelson, and Jamal Williams all goes the same as well. For the New York Giants, Daniel Bellinger uh, is out with an eye injury. Obviously, we know the eye injury. I don't think he'll play against Dallas, uh, though he started doing some minor work in practice. He's still categorized as DNP, but apparently the double vision is gone, which is something we like to hear. The obstacle is the fact that there's maybe one, two days of practice before they head off to uh, Dallas for Thanksgiving. So you might need to push it back to the uh, Washington game. Something they may do with Aziz Ojolari as well. Because that was the original game plan in the time span. Yeah, we're going to you know put Aziz on IR. Hopefully he comes back for Dallas. But obviously the short practice, one, two days of practice. you know, Unless they fit in some practice on Wednesday. Which is very, very rare. Um you know, he'll probably wait till the Washington game as well, um, which he's got success against Washington, but that's a whole different story. We're talking about this game first. Dexter Lawrence, I mean, he's going to play. Kayvon Tibbs, he's going to play. Dane Belton, uh, he's going to play probably clavicle injury. They can't afford another safety to go down, but they have Terrell Burgess uh, probably as a practice squad player lining up just in case he'll play. Uh, Kenny Galladay will play hamstring injury. 
Evan Neal, doubtful. He's probably not going to play. He'll probably play in Dallas. I have confidence in that. Wondell Robinson. Uh, I'm leaning towards saying with confidence that he will play. Jihad Ward, he's going to play. He had a thumb injury earlier in the week. And then uh, Josh Azudu, it looks like he's not going to play. Um, but, hey, listen, they may do some gamesmanship and uh, go out there and say, hey, listen, Josh Azudu is going to play. So, I mean, either way, I bet you Detroit is um, is probably going to go out there and say, you know, uh, they're probably prepping for both left guards. Um, but then again, it was a little late to find out that, okay, Shane Lemieux is probably coming back this week. So, uh, I'm going to see, look at the roster real quick, see who they could possibly activate. Um, obviously, they signed Mundo to the active roster, which is good. They may go with Vernon Butler again. They could go Landon Collins, but the way they did with the safeties last week, um, they also may place him too high with the way Jared Goff vertically attacks defenses. Um, maybe add another wide receiver if Wandale is out, but you know at the same time, is Khalil Pimpleton really going to be that guy? Makai Polk. So it's going to be interesting if they use any of the guys. I think Lawrence Cager is definitely somebody they activate. Maybe even Andre Miller. Um, but we haven't heard much too much from him. Lawrence Cager probably is is going to be utilized um, possibly heavily. Their linebacking core is underrated when it comes to the running game. But in the passing game, they're not good in coverage. So uh, best bet that they have safeties maybe cover Cager as well. But Cager is a converted wide receiver, so he cannot block. He can catch the ball, though. Let's go into the stats and analytics. Uh, the Lions are 6th in total yards per game on offense, 8th in passing offense, 11th in rushing offense, and ninth in points per game. The defensive side of the ball, very grim, very opposite look. 32nd in total yards per game, 27th against the pass, 31st against the run, 32nd in uh, points per game. Moving over to the analytics, 21st in pass percentage, 12th in run percentage, 4th in pass percentage on, excuse me, 14th in pass percentage on first down, and 22nd in run percentage on first down. And then you move to the defense, 11th in blitz percentage. So Aaron Glenn likes to blitz, but they don't get home a lot. 24th in pressure percentage and 28th in sacks. You take a look at the New York Giants, uh, 23rd in total yards per game, 29th in passing offense, 3rd in rushing offense, and 22nd in points per game. The defensive side of the football, 18th in both total yards per game and passing. Defense, 24th against the run. They've been better, uh, you know, especially coming off of last week. They were also very good against the Seahawks. And then uh, points per game, they're 8th. Offensive analytics stats, 29th in pass percentage, 4th in run percentage, 31st in pass percentage on first down, 3rd in run percentage on first down. Um, before we get to the defensive analytics, I must say, I would like some sort of a switch towards the end of the season. Um, obviously, I've stuck by the thing the last two years that you have success in the NFL. I mean, you can have it both ways, running or passing, but... You know, you look at the top of the league, it's passing offense that does it. And the way Mike Kafka is, you know, in terms of his roots, the way Brian Dable is in terms of his roots, I mean, they're obviously, you know, sticking to what works right now. But I just don't think this function of running it 30 times a game is going to be totally sustainable. I think I need to see, at least me, maybe others will disagree. I want to start seeing slowly, very slowly, um, that you start shifting towards more passing, 
you know, pass percentage, passing on first down, because passing on first down honestly puts you in better position. That way you have some short yardage runs in there. Um, first in blitz percentage, 12th in pressure percentage, 18th in sacks. Uh, just something to add real quick before we go to things to look for. I'm going to really pull it up right now. Uh, obviously, we called the game on dead red. Thursday was the Titans and the Packers. Derrick Henry is the leading rusher in the NFL. He's got over 1,000 yards, which I didn't think he would have. Um, so, Saquon Barkley, you know, I'm not putting total pressure on you, but hey, listen, if you could uh, take over Henry's spot as the king of rushing, hey, listen, would have would be happy to see that. Things to look for, uh, high scoring, it's dependent on the offensive emphasis, in my opinion, and uh, talk about the passing emphasis from Big Blue. I've talked about the, that really in the last two weeks. Um, I've talked about it probably the last few games, really. And then, you know, actually, let's focus on that first. So high scoring, I've kind of retracted that and said it's mostly going to be a running football game, very possibly. Um, the Giants have to have some real good discipline on the back end. Uh, you know, not having McKinney on that one play that went for like 44 yards on, you know, with Damian Pierce running the football, that was big. Uh, Justin Ellis, he's not a very good run-stopping defensive tackle all he does is eat double teams. So the Giants really have to monitor how much they rest Dexter Lawrence for health reasons and also for play reasons because when Dexter Lawrence is out there, he is a fucking force to be reckoned with. Um, so that's in terms of the Giants, you know, run defense. Uh, in terms of their run defense, I mean, their defensive interior isn't very good. Ali McNeil, who Jeremy touches on in the interview, um, you know, he's not really much of a pass rusher. He's more of a run-stopping uh, defensive interior. Let me look at some of the other guys they have on the roster as well. Uh, obviously, you got Hutchinson, um, but Michael Brockers, he's been surprisingly inactive in some of these games, so I'm shocked. Isaiah Bugs, he's been playing solid for them. Don't know much about Benito Jones, um, but not many notable names to stop the run, so the Giants could look to do that once again, uh, which would prompt probably a low-scoring game, but the reason why I say passing emphasis is you know they're very getting they're very bad against the pass. That's one. Their secondary isn't very good. Um, they don't really have too much of a pass rush other than Aiden Hutchinson and occasionally Julian Aquara, um, the third year man out of Notre Dame. But also as well, um, they could come out and surprise, meaning the Lions, and pass the football and have success against our defense, whatever the way they do it. Screens, uh, vertical passing game. If our corners get beat now, they don't have too many, you know, great weapons on offense, uh, despite, you know, having a Monterey St. Brown. I mean, he's he's a very good wide receiver. I think we could all agree with that. But, you know, Khalif Raymond, he's got the speed factor. He's probably going to match up in the slot against uh, Darnay Holmes, which I would worry about because Khalif Raymond has a ton of speed. Uh, we should know that from his Giants days. DJ Chark could be activated, so he'll probably be a test for Fabian Moreau. But uh, the reason why I say pick, you know, stick to more of a passing emphasis is because if they're going to be passing the football, I think you have to as well. And if they're doing it and it works, you have to do it as well because you know running the football, yeah, it, it was great for the Bears game. It was great for uh, – the Texans game when those offenses weren't really scoring a lot of points, but this is a very good offense running the football and passing the football. Um, Jared Goff, 
is playing some really good football this year. 15 touchdowns, 7 interceptions before we go to players to watch. But you want to keep on pace. And the Giants offense, let's be fair, hasn't been good this year. Um, you know, in areas they're taking strides. But overall, you look at the product, it's not very good. So you kind of want to be efficient. You want to stick to what works. But at the same time, running the football takes a lot of clock. It's kind of like the bend but don't break defense, if you will. Moving to players to watch Jared Goff. He's having a really good season. Efficient. 93.7 passer rating. 15 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. About 253 yards per game in terms of the pass. 2,277 yards. A completion percentage around 64, 63.8 to be exact. Uh, you take a look at the rushing game. And I don't want to give too many things away, even though I end up doing it. Um, with the Jeremy Reisman interview. But DeAndre Swift has been battling injuries over the course of his career. And he said, look, for Jamal Williams to get more um, of snaps in terms of the rushing game, in terms of running the football. Now, he has nine touchdowns on the season. He's got two fumbles. He lost one. Um, but he's got 604 yards, 4.3 yards per carry, which is about, you know, the moderate area. It's, you know, it's not necessarily bad. But he's not as dynamic. I think he's more of a straightforward runner. Uh, DeAndre Swift is more of the uh, you know the East-West type. He can break some tackles. He's just overall better. Um, he could be used in the receiving game. He's probably their fourth leading receiver. Uh, with Josh Reynolds maybe not playing, you could factor him in as well. I mean, if I was uh, Ben Johnson, I think he's the offensive coordinator for the uh, Detroit Lions, I would factor uh, DeAndre Swift against some of these safeties, against some of these linebackers. Like, if you could get him... Um, against Tate Crowder or Dane Belton, you're going to have some success. And I'm not going to be, you know, homer about it. I'm telling the truth. But uh, DeAndre Swift, he's got 40 rushes, 253 yards, only two touchdowns this year, 6.3 yards per carry. And then, you know, if they do intend on putting Craig Reynolds in the game, 102 yards, 4.4 yards per carry, uh, no touchdowns this year yet. Amonra St. Brown, he's one guy to look forward to to seeing, obviously, whether it's a Dory covering him up or it's Amonra St. Brown tearing up this uh, defense. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But you look at the yards after catch, I mean, that's about half of the yards he has this year. Um, yards after catch, 276. Receiving yards, 518. So that tells you he's not just a dynamic receiver, but he knows how to break a few tackles and get into the end zone now he only has three touchdowns but hey listen you'll take anything um if it means more offensive production getting your offense down the field even it also means you know punching it in with jamal williams so um amonra st brown you gotta look for him you gotta cover him well maybe double cover him but uh, obviously you don't want to open too many lanes for other receivers like khalif raymond josh reynolds if he plays dj chark all those other guys so I'm only going one player on defense. I'll go two just to be fair to the Lions fans that are watching and all this other stuff. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson is one who stands out to me. Ten quarterback hits, four tackles for a loss, an interception, uh, five and a half sacks, 15 pressures. He leads the rookie class in sacks. That's really no surprise. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's having a solid season. He's not necessarily – I would consider him like a Bosa pass rusher. Um, type that's, you know, 
what comes to mind when I think of Aiden Hutchinson, not necessarily the Khalil Mack type or, you know, the Aaron Donald type from the inside, but Hutchinson plays in a lot of different places. I will say that, um, you know, he'll probably match up if Aaron Glenn is smart, of course, uh, he'll probably match up against Tyree Phillips. So I would, if I was Mike Kafka and Brian Dable, I'd probably do some chips, uh, have Myrick as a fullback, chip him, have Saquon in the backfield, chip him. Um, that way Daniel Jones has a little bit more time to throw because Tyree Phillips, yeah, he's, you know, he's played decent, but Aiden Hutchinson is a real threat. Um, obviously Jerry Hughes got to the quarterback once last week, but you know, that's a whole different story. We're talking about this game right now. And I said, I was going to be polite. I said, I was going to add a player in that player is Jeff Okuda. Now, obviously last week, I think he had the pick six. So congrats on him. Um, but with that being said, he's had he's still coming together as a player. I mean, he's only played 19 games in the NFL. Um, you know, he's dealt with a severe amount of injuries. 68.9 completion percentage, which isn't very good. Uh, 439 yards, one touchdown, 98.3 passer rating. So we'll see, you know, if he's going to be the guy that's covering Darius Slayton. Is it going to be Jerry Jacobs? Is it going to be... Uh, Mike Hughes, Mani Oruwariye, probably not going to play because he's been terrible over the last few weeks. Um, but Akuda, I would like to look at, obviously. He's got five pass deflections on the year. He's got, you know, the pick six. Uh, he's got 50 tackles, had 15 tackles total. He's also a force in the running game as well. So just wanted to put that out there. And he's got two tackles for a loss. So um, if they want to stack the box, they could stack the box with Akuda as well. But also, Darius Slayton is a force to be reckoned with, at least over the last few weeks. So those are the uh, players to watch in terms of uh, the Detroit Lions. Now, questions to answer. I might add some in as well. Um, will the offense be balanced against a porous run defense and a porous pass defense? I still have the hunch that they're going to go a lot of run. But you have to pass a football if Jones is in a situation where he's actually being efficient, kind of like last week. And um, I feel that the Giants didn't score 30 on the Texans, which I believe they should have. Now, obviously, we don't have the personnel or the expectations to go blowing teams out. But we are 7-2, and two and we need to make progressions and stands in this offense. Um, you know, running the football, it doesn't really equate to – 25 plus points too much but like last week once again daniel jones was efficient they elected to not pass the football too many times uh had the best passer rating recorded on the season once again only passed it 17 times so you have to factor that in um but this is a secondary you can take advantage of if you dial some plays up and i understand that you know outside of darius slayton there's not too much wide receiver talent to work with uh kenny galladay obviously has been uh, downright disappointing. Listen, I root for the guy, but I don't necessarily um, blame fans for booing. He came here, seventy-two million dollars. The fans pay the you know pay the salaries at the end of the day. They give the money to this organization. I'm not trying to act like this is a Cashman Boone thing, but at the end of the day, man, you know he's not even been solid. So if he can get some receptions against his former team, great. Will they play him? I don't know because they seem to like this Isaiah Hodgins guy a little bit more. But just centering around the question once again, I feel they need to pass a little bit more. I think they're going to stick to the run. It all depends on what they see in the first drive of the game and then work off of that. 
Um, but if they're going to run the football a lot, I'm going to put it in your guys' heads. Do not expect high scoring. Do not expect high scoring, at least for the Giants side. But in my opinion, if Detroit comes out and is a heavy pass defense, you need to keep up with them by passing the football efficiently yourself. Uh, can the Giants score 25-plus? Once again, it all goes towards offensive emphasis. If they're going to pass the football, that's definitely in play. If they do a combination, definitely in play. Running the football? No, I don't think you're scoring 25-plus when it comes to running the football. And this is also another one. Saquon got 35 carries last week. Do Gary Brightwell and Matt Breida get some more carries if Mike Kafka emphasizes the run? Saquon is a workhorse. He is the cowbell back. But at the same time, got to get some of those other running backs involved. Saquon will need rest. Uh, Brightwell, he's done well this year as a kick returner. He's done well when he's asked in the uh, passing game and the running game more likely. Matt Breida's done well, uh, too, in the receiving game. He's also done well in the running game as well, just getting those extra yards. So I do believe they do get more carries if uh, Kafka emphasizes the running game. If passing offense is the plan, uh, Daniel Jones, does he play efficient enough to get 25 to 30 points? I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. Um, You know, obviously he has to play on the level he did last week. And, you know, he's been pretty consistent at the level he's playing at over the last few weeks and really this whole season. Uh, Outside of three games, I would probably maybe even put that down to two because, you have the Seattle game where he really wasn't good. Uh, you have the Panthers game where he really wasn't good. But the other games, I thought he was fine, some better than others. But I think if they do stick to the passing game, I think you could get 25 to 30 points. And I think this is, once again, the week that you have to get 25 to 30 points. You're facing the Cowboys, very tough defense. You're facing the Commanders. They're playing well as of late. Um, you're facing the Eagles after that. These are tough defenses. Tough passing defenses. Now, obviously, I haven't done my research on the Commanders, but very tough secondary for Cowboys, the Eagles. You know, I'm a little, I'm a little scared. So take the points, and you can have them right now. Pass the football. Can the rush get to Goff? Now he does have four interceptions when he's blitzed, but at the same time, he's only been sacked 15 times this season. That's fourth least. Um. Obviously, Jeremy will touch on it in the interview, but Frank Ragnow is playing with a foot injury, toe injury, and if that's noticeable during the game, and I bet you Dexter Lawrence and the D-line guys have watched the film and will identify, okay, he's got a foot injury. It's clearly hampering him. They probably pointed that out already, but with that being said, they need to take advantage of that. Leonard Williams... Dexter Lawrence, Goff isn't great against the Blitz. I mean, we've seen a couple of quarterbacks statistically good against the Blitz. Um, but this Giants defense overall has done well against the quarterbacks they played against. Um, but get to Goff. If you can't, confuse him on defense. He's vulnerable to interceptions. I know he's only got seven, but hey. Um, can a Dory Jackson double coverage hold down a Monroe St. Brown? It's possible. It's possible, and also you could add on to that as well, who will be the lead target if Amonra is covered. DeAndre Swift could definitely be. DJ Chark could definitely be, and maybe even Khalif Raymond, because I'm still not 100% sold on Darnay Holmes as a slot guy. Maybe you factor in Nick McLeod a little bit, and Rodarius Williams. He got activated, so I would love to see him on the field. 
um, against these Detroit Lions. Uh, he's a man coverage guy. He could play outside. He could play inside as well. Um, I forgot about that. Congrats to Darius Williams on getting activated. So maybe you factor him in a little bit. You factor in uh, Nick McLeod. Maybe they start seeing a little bit more time than Darnay Holmes. Um, can the Giants stop the ground game and stay disciplined? Misdirection is one of the more successful runs um, that Detroit does. But at the same time, when they're very predictable, they're very predictable. They're not very good on third and shorts. And I would like to think the Giants have been at least solid or decent in that area. So uh, stack the box wisely with a couple of different guys. Maybe you activate Collins. Maybe you don't activate Collins. Um, and can the safeties and linebackers cover the tight ends and running backs? So the tight ends have not been in great usage in the passing game unless they were in the red zone. James Mitchell, I think, caught a touchdown a few weeks ago. Uh, the other two tight ends, uh, Zilstra there's another guy. I think his name is Brock something. Uh, Brock Wright. So I was thinking uh, the right name. Hint, hint. Uh, no pun intended. But they're usually very good in the red zone. They're used as blocking tight ends. So that's not necessarily my concern unless you get to the red zone. And the Giants have been very good in that area, by the way. But the linebacker safety kind of thing worries me with DeAndre Swift being the threat he is in the passing game as a runner. So... Dane Belton, you know, kind of fix up your game a little bit. Um, yeah, so keys to win. I'm going to go out on a biased homer limb and say number one is passing the football. Take advantage, outscore the other team, and outscore them 25 to 30 points. This is the time you have to do it. We faced the Colts in a few weeks, and I'm going to that game, by the way. Just wanted to put it out there. But we faced the Colts in a few weeks. And you could look down upon them right now. Oh, they're four, five, and one. And, you know, uh, Jeff Saturday's a coach and all this other stuff. But they still have a very good passing defense. Detroit is the worst defense this team has played all year. Take advantage. Score 40 if you have to. And I'm not going to say that it really gets to 40. But I'll leave that for the predictions. Number two, run with Barkley. Um... Don't give him too many carries because you don't want to tire him out. But hey, let's get over 100 yards. Let's get to 1,000. Stick to what works. Be efficient, but also be balanced. Number three, blitz and get to Goff. Goff is vulnerable to the blitz. Four interceptions on the season. The Giants have the least amount of interceptions on the season. Dane Bell and uh, Julian Love have the only two, so both by safeties. Maybe Jason Pinnock gets a pick. Maybe Fabian Moreau gets a pick. Um, but I do want the New York Giants to get a pick this game, nonetheless. If you're not getting sacks, get turnovers. Why not both? Why not both? Anyway, before we move to the interview with uh, Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit, Giants, in this game, I have a victory. 24-20. I think the Giants still stick to that running approach, which I disagree with, but efficiency is efficiency. Uh, the Lions will try to put up a couple of touchdowns. Maybe they put up three touchdowns and just miss the extra point. Um, their kicker is Michael Badgley, so he's been hit or miss throughout his career. But uh, with that being said, Giants, in my opinion, win this game by a score of 24-20. Let's move to the interview with Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit, the SB Nation site covering the Detroit Lions. All right, so now we are here with uh, Jeremy Reisman of Pride of Detroit, which is the SB Nation site covering the Detroit Lions. Jeremy, how are you feeling coming into this week? Uh, 
better. <laughs> the Lions are coming off a, a two-game winning streak, obviously, and uh, things had gotten a little bit dark uh, right before that. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like the Lions not 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 playing with house money like the Giants are, but uh, but things feel a little bit more settled in in Detroit, and so uh, it should be an exciting game on Sunday. Definitely, I think it's going to go right down to the wire. Um, but let's get right into it. Obviously, there's been a change in terms of offensive production this year. That's where we will start. Um, what is the reason for Jared Goff playing so much better this year uh, for outsiders that would like to know? Yeah, I mean, I think the Lions really tried to put him in uh, as perfect of a scenario as they could um, because they, they know like he, he has limitations, right? He's not a mobile quarterback. He's not a guy that creates a lot um, outside of um, the pocket and, and, and when protection isn't good so that they, they put him behind a, a pretty good offensive line that, that features, you know, four potential pro bowlers really in three, three, three that are probably going to do it. And one that, that, that I think probably should at some point. Um, and then the, you know, they, they invested in wide receivers too. Obviously we haven't seen Jameson Williams yet, but um, they, they signed DJ Chark. They signed Josh, uh, Josh Reynolds. They re-signed him, I should say. And, uh, and yeah, Naman Ra is obviously, um, a, a pretty talented guy. And then they tried to surround him with a, a good running game. That's been a focus. So they've really kind of tried to take the pressure off his shoulders. I think, whereas Sean McVay and the Rams, they were expecting him to carry the game. The Lions are trying to make it so that he doesn't have to do that. And so early in the season, especially when, you know, everyone was healthy, all of his weapons were there. The offensive line was playing as well as they were um, that started to work. And, and, and we saw it towards the end of last year, we saw it at the beginning of this year. And then, Kind of the injury bug happened, and and we've seen a little bit of that taper off. But overall, I think it's it's definitely been better than I think some some people outside or some people in LA probably expected um, him to perform in Detroit. Yeah, definitely. And moving a little bit to uh, something that's supporting Jared Goff is uh, the running game. Yeah. How is DeAndre Swift doing in his second season? I know he missed a few games, and I know Jamal Williams leads the uh, rushing category at least for the Lions in touchdowns. Uh, Talk a little bit about the running games. The Giants fans and, you know, outsiders know what to expect. And also just an add on is misdirection, probably their favorite type of run. Sometimes um, it's a good question because I think sometimes they think they're a little bit more efficient at running the ball when everyone knows they're going to run the ball. Um, they're, they're very bad at third and short situations this year. I think they, they ranked 30 or 31st in power situations, according to football outsiders. And so, when everyone in the stadium knows they're going to run, they're just not that good at it, and they haven't really found out a way to get around that. They don't really have a third third and short identity. Um, but in general, they they definitely like to mix in some of the misdirection stuff. You'll see Amon Ra on the backfield a lot. You'll see him running in motion for for jet sweeps and things like that. Um, and they really like to to pull their offensive linemen. They they really have invested in athletic guys um, so that they'll they'll pull. Um, Penesul, they love moving around. Sometimes they'll put in a, a six offensive lineman and use him kind of as a, as a tight end. Um, I know the, the Giants do a bunch of stuff like that with extra offensive linemen. So you'll see the Lions do a little bit of that too. Uh, in terms of the backs, yeah, DeAndre Swift started off the season phenomenally. Um, you know, the first two games really, he was, he was electric. Um, he was what everyone expected when the Lions drafted him a couple of years ago. Um, but then the injuries happen, and that's kind of been the story of his career so far in Detroit is that the injuries have really limited him. And it, it don't it doesn't only limit him physically, it seems like. It seems like it, it, it affects him mentally. And so he's got a shoulder injury, he's got an ankle injury, and it seems like he's kind of avoiding contact a little bit more than he was early in the season. And that means bouncing it outside when he doesn't necessarily need to, running east-west instead of north-south. 
And so he's been a lot less effective since he's been back in the lineup and, and they've really been limiting his snaps because I think they see that. Um, so you'll, you'll probably see a lot more Jamal Williams. We'll, we'll see. I mean, DeAndre Swift has essentially been off the injury report for a couple weeks now. So theoretically he's full health, but you know, just, it doesn't look like that. And, and the lines tend to really take it slow with guys coming off injuries. So I, I, I wouldn't expect a full load from him this week. I would expect Jamal to kind of be that guy and, when you do see Swift, he might make a bigger impact as a receiver. I mean, he has scored uh, touchdowns, I think, in three straight weeks, um, but a couple of those through the air. So um, I, w- I would expect him to be a bigger threat in the receiving game than than rushing it. Yeah, moving on to the receiving game a little bit. You mentioned him earlier as a, a guy who is supporting. Uh, it was really a nice target for Jared Goff. Monra St. Brown, obviously last year, no one really picked up on him. Uh, but this year, I mean, he's one of the better receivers, more one of the more underrated in receivers in the league, probably because the Lions, you know, record wise, they're not at the top of the NFL. Yeah. How awesome has he been for the uh, Detroit offense? Uh, he's been amazing. I mean, last week against the Bears, he was he was basically the entire offense. You know, the running game wasn't working. The Bears really loaded the box, you know, eight men boxes a lot that game. And so um, they, they forced Jared Goff and, and Amon Ra to beat him. And, and Amon Ra caught 10 passes for 100 and change. And um, yeah, that's what he can do. Um, when, when he's kind of the only weapon there and, you know, they, they trade away TJ Hawkinson, which is kind of an interesting move because he was maybe a, a guy that could take some attention away from Amon Ra. Um, but that, that hasn't really seemed to matter too much. You know, he, he did deal with an ankle injury early in the season, but it seems like he's back at full health. And like I said, they'll use him all over the place. They'll use him in the slot. They'll use him outside. They'll use him lined up as a tight end. They'll use him, um, as a lead blocker. They'll use him as, as a tailback. And so, um, they, they realize, how much of a weapon he is and and how important it is just to get the ball in his hands because he's, he's a gritty guy. He's a hard worker and, and he's, he's becoming a, a, a more and more proficient um, route runner as well. So um, just kind of a multifaceted weapon that, that the lines can trust in, in key situations. As you mentioned a few seconds ago, obviously the lions traded away TJ Hawkinson uh, to the Vikings, which I thought, yeah, the move may have been strange, but I thought trading him away to a rival was strange as well. But also, yeah. maybe they saw that as uh, the best package in terms of return. Uh, how have the tight ends done in his presence? Are they more used for blocking? Do some of them catch the football? Obviously, you mentioned that um, TJ Hawkinson staying would have been a nice piece to take away attention from Amonra St. Brown. But as you said, it really hasn't mattered. Yeah, um, I would say they're they're mostly used for blocking. Um, you know. Th- like I said, I think the Lions are really trying to establish themselves as a as a running team to take some of the pressure off of Jared Goff. Um, that that being said, it's it's a really young group. Um, James Mitchell is kind of the the up and comer of the group. He was their fifth round pick this year. Came off an ACL injury from from last year, so they've been taking him along slowly. He's really only beginning about a dozen snaps a game. Um, but the the moments when they do use them is is the red zone. Um, I, I believe a tight end has caught a touchdown in three straight weeks for for the Lions. Um, one one of each. So Brock Wright is, is the one who caught it last week. Um, James Mitchell and uh, Shane Zilstra I think maybe caught one the other week. Um, so so maybe it's I think it's then three in in the past two weeks. Um, so yeah, they 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 like utilize them in the red zone because I think they they utilize them so much as a blocker that they tend to get lost in the shuffle in the red zone where everyone's expecting the, the lines to run and they'll block for a second and just kind of leak out and, and be wide open. So that's, I think the moment you really have to pay the most attention to them. Otherwise um, they're not much of a receiving threat between the twenties. 
Moving on to the unit that blocks for Jared Goff. Last year, coming into this year as well, the Lions were seen as one of the top units in terms of offensive line uh, in the NFL. How have they performed so far? I think the stat out there, and obviously sacks go one way and pressures go another. But I think Jared Goff has been sacked the fourth least this year. Uh, Talk about the starters a little bit, obviously ranging from Taylor Decker and Panay Sewell to some of the interior guys as well. Yeah, I mean, um, first-round picks galore there. You got Frank Ragnow, Panay Sewell, and uh, as you said, Taylor Decker, all first round picks. That's your your left tackle, your center, and your right tackle. Probably the mo- three most p- important positions on the offensive line. Frank Ragnow, um, he's been dealing with a foot injury since uh, week one, and it, and it hampers him. You, you can tell when he's out there. Um, in fact, he didn't practice the first two weeks or first two days of this week, but it sounds like he is going to play, which is obviously uh, a, a big, important matchup this week when, uh, when you got a, a pretty important nose tackle on the other side of the football. Um, but he's um, he's still playing at, at, at a pretty high level. Um, I, I, you know, if, if you like PFF scores, I think he's number four among setters. If you like ESPN's pass block win rate or run block win rate, he's top 10 in both of those among centers. So he's playing really well. He's also a really smart player. And obviously you need one to adjust protect protections and things like that. It's going to be a really critical uh, role again this week because Wink Martindale likes to dial up a whole bunch of crazy blitzes. And so you're really going to lean on a guy uh who has as much experience like Frank Ragnow does to, to call those out. Um, like you mentioned, Panay Sewell, second year player now, a top 10 pick last year. Um, really phenomenal player. Um, he, he's really hitting all of the marks where I think the line's expected him to better in the run game than he is in pass protection, but he's made a lot of strides in year two in pass protection as well. Uh, and then you go to left guard Jonah Jackson, who was a pro bowler last year. Um, he wasn't an altern- al- alternate, but uh, but he did make it in there due to some people dropping out. So maybe not necessarily a top five player at his position, but not that far behind. Again, he's also probably a better run blocker than pass protector. Uh, and then the weak point is probably right guard. That's the the place to attack. Um, the starter, Halapuli Vati Vaitai, suffered an injury in the preseason, never got to play a snap and had to have back surgery. So they've been shuffling guys there. I think they finally settled on um, Evan Brown. As, as far as I understand, a former giant. Um, yes. um, but uh, he was the backup center last year uh, and this year, um, but moved over to right guard a couple weeks ago and it's settled in fairly nicely there, but that's still definitely the weak point of the offensive line. Yeah. Evan Brown was an undrafted free agent. Like the first year he wasn't active for at least most of the games Then he got active the, the last part and then they cut him the next season. Um, before we move a little bit into the defense, at least in my belief, he's still with the team. Talking about a player, former Giant, who started as a punt returner, could have made the uh, a roster in 2018, but didn't. Khalif Raymond. Yeah, he's uh, he's been an important part because the, the wide receiving core has been so beat up. Um, you know, DJ Chark might return in this game. I kind of get the feeling that they're, they're going to activate him on Saturday. Um, he's been on IR for the past four weeks, but um, practice all this week. They, they started the clock on him, so it sounds like he'll play. Um, but Josh Reynolds is a little bit less likely to play. Um, had a back injury a couple weeks ago, practiced on Thursday, but then didn't practice on Friday. That's usually not a good progression for him to play. So you'll probably see a little Khalif Raymond. He's he's really a, more of a slot receiver um, and kind of a punt returner there, but they've been playing a lot of him on the outside just be, just out of necessity. And, you know, he's, he's made a couple of big plays in the past couple of weeks. He had a 20-yard catch on the Lions game-winning drive last week. Um, he's he's speedy. He's, he's probably the speediest guy on the team. Um, you know, except for when Jameson Williams comes back, but, um, yeah, so he's, he, he can be used as a deep threat. Um, obviously he's not much of like a, a contested catch guy at, at five ten or whatever he's at, but, um, he's, he's a guy that'll at least keep defenses honest. And, and I think that's 
important for the Lions when teams are starting to load the box for him. Yeah, definitely. Moving on to uh, the defensive side of the ball, obviously not uh, – well, very grim, uh, definitely from an outsider's view. Just starting out as, you know, nothing too in specific. I'll start with really two questions. What's the weakest position group? And also, do you think the defense's problem is scheme, is it execution, or is it lack of talent? I would say the weakest position group right now is, is probably interior defensive line. Um Aline McNeil is a guy that they they have very high hopes for, um, and and he can do a lot, but they're still trying to figure out the best way to utilize him. He, he's mostly been playing three tech these days, um, so he, he's but he's kind of built like a nose tackle, so um, he's got a little bit of twitch to him. He, he hasn't been as big of a pass rusher as I think they've hoped, but he's been decent in in you know holding his ground as as a as a run blocker. Um, next to him though is Isaiah Bugs, who's playing probably better than anyone expected him to, but he was expected to be a rotational guy at best and, and maybe even a practice squatter. So um, that's kind of where they're at in defense, defensive interior. And both those guys are playing about 80, 80% of the snaps or so. So, um, you know, you're, you're going to see mostly them. And, and it's just kind of been an interesting situation because they traded for Michael Brockers a year ago, gave him a big extension and he's been a healthy and active for the past three or four weeks, just because they want to get their young players out there. And um, that, that leads into the second part of your question, which is I think talent is the issue. I think the Lions are purposely playing all their young players to see who can be a foundation of this team going forward. So that means a lot of mistakes. That means a lot of players that, that, that haven't played at the NFL level and, and are still learning the scheme, still learning, you know, the speed of the game. And so there's a lot of mental errors that, that, that you'll see really across the board. Um, in the secondary especially, but I think the secondary is actually starting to play a little bit better, even though they're beat up and they're very young. Um, so I think really that, that interior defensive line is the biggest weakness right now. And there's just youth everywhere. So, um, you know, it, that's the reason why basically any defensive stat you look at, this team is probably bottom five ish. Obviously the, well, when you look at the stat sheet, the lions aren't very good statistically in terms of getting to the quarterback, mm-hmm. but they have, Aiden Hutchinson, who leads the team five and a half sacks, uh, leads all rookies in that statistical area as well. How, is he, how has he progressed through his rookie year? Yeah, it's kind of been ups and downs like you you would expect for a rookie. I think a lot of people got excited in, in week two when he had three sacks in the first half against Washington. Um, some of that was a bit of a mirage. There, there were some cleanup sacks, but a guy with a motor like Aiden Hutchinson is going to get some cleanup sacks because he's never going to give up on a play. Um but some of that has been real too. And I, th- I think he's just been getting better and better and he's really made some high impact plays in, in the past two weeks. You know, he picked off Aaron Rodgers in the red zone uh, two weeks ago. And then last week um, they, they ran a, a tight end screen and he read it and, and forced Justin Fields to double clutch. And that turned into a pick six for his teammate. And so, um, you know, he, he, I think he's starting to see the field better. I think he's, the game is starting to slow down for him a little bit better. I don't think he'll ever be kind of the elite pass rusher with the elite pass rushing moves, but he's starting to to develop a little bit of an arsenal because his favorite move is really the bull rush, the whole, you know, speed to power type thing. Um, he's starting to, you know, we, we've seen a spin move here and there. Um, I, I don't think he'll ever be kind of that, you know, like I said, the the elite pass rusher that I think maybe Kayvon has the, the, the ceiling to be, but, I think he might just have a, a better overall skill set in that like he'll be able to defend the run a little bit better. He'll be able to drop into coverage every now and then. Um, and so I, and I know Kayvon does that too, but um, I, I just think, I think he's starting to get the game a little bit better. And, and now 
even though he's already kind of had the stats, I, I feel like now they're starting to actually be a little bit more um, emblematic of, of the game that he's actually playing, if that makes sense. Definitely. Uh, moving to the linebacker situation a little bit. I mean, I look at the roster right now. There's a couple of guys I know off the bat. Uh, Alex Anzalone, former Saint. Um, mm-hmm. Malcolm Rodriguez coming out of Oklahoma State this year. Derek Barnes, who came out of Purdue last year. Uh, yeah. At least I think, yeah, it was Purdue. Yep. And he could also play like D-line a little bit over there. How's that situation been? Obviously, you know, you said that uh, the one of the weaknesses is the defensive interior. How the linebackers played? Yeah, I mean, they're punching above their weight class because, you know, Malcolm Rodriguez is a, is a sixth round pick. And if you watched Hard Knocks, he, he, pretty interesting story there where he just almost immediately was like the best guy on the field. And so really good instincts, a very solid tackler um, coming off an elbow injury. I think he'll play this week. Um, they might have him kind of in, in a more limited role because uh, second year player Derek Barnes played really well in his absence while he was gone. Um, they're, they're, they're really an aggressive downhill running type of uh, linebacking crew. I think they're, they're vulnerable in, in pass coverage. Um, so, you know, if the, if the Giants use a lot of play action in this game, which I know they like to do, that's probably um, a, a good place to attack. But um, they're, they're really aggressive in the run game. And, and that tends, I know it doesn't show up on the stat sheet necessarily, but um, it is something that they, they take a lot of pride in. And I think, I think with all the, the issues that the run defense has, linebacker is surprisingly low on that list. So uh, I, I, think, I, think I think they're actually playing quite well. Moving into the secondary, obviously, Jeff Okuda has dealt with, you know, a lot of injuries over the course of his career. You guys got Mike Hughes, who was a you know former Vikings uh, corner. He was also with the Chiefs for a little while. Uh, a couple other corners there, Amani or Warrior, who statistically hasn't been great for you guys as well. What's the corner situation looking like right now? Yeah, Jeff, Jeff is playing really well. Um, definitely starting to, to catch on there. Um, you always kind of have to remind yourself that this is like he's if you, if you just go by games played, he's just getting out of his rookie season, essentially, because he missed about half of his rookie season. He, he only played a single half in his sophomore season. And now this is year three. So, um, yeah, he, he's he's definitely starting to catch on. Uh, he's, he's also a tremendous tackler. They, they've really kind of changed the run defense since out of the bye. He had 15 tackles against the Cowboys, um, which is kind of a crazy stat. And usually you don't want your corners to have that sort that sort of number because it sounds like they're they're giving up a lot of catches, but it was actually utilizing him in, in the run game that that has made him um such a, a big weapon and he really hasn't been beaten um regularly in, in coverage either. So um that's looking more promising. Everything else is a little bit more um in flux there. Um like you mentioned Amani Oruarie was a guy that came into the season as the team's cornerback one and he's been benched on two different occasions and he's essentially lost his job at this point um he, he'll probably just play special teams if he plays at all um they, they've, they've essentially um you know if, if the team's fully healthy he's essentially going to be an inactive i wouldn't be surprised to see him on the inactive list this week and so they've replaced him with the aforementioned mike hughes um who's they haven't really decided if he's better as a nickel or, or an outside guy but they've been playing him outside recently Definitely think that's a weak point. They like to mix in Jerry Jacobs, who is a former undrafted rookie last year, um, who's just kind of come on the scene. Like he latched on to Jeff Okuda and just learned everything from him. And and so um, he's a, he's a guy that's that's just like an incredible story, a, a really like everything you want in a football mind um, and, and a really physical player, too. So um, he'll get a little handsy at times and, and probably um, draw a flag or two, but really they they like calling him a bulldog. And I think that's the perfect word for him because he's just, he's very scrappy out there. 
And then at nickel, they have a uh, a guy named Will Harris who has bounced around basically every single defensive back position they, they could find because every co- like he's I think he's survived three coaching staffs now and everyone raves about him, but they can't find a place for him to play where he's good. And so now he's in the nickel and he's he's, he's playing a little bit better. But again, I would say that's not a strength of the team right now. Out of sheer curiosity, because I liked him, you know, the Giants were very, uh, you know, touch and go last year with corner. And when they signed to Dory Jackson, I was like, we got to get this guy like, you know, whether it's the the late first round, the second round, whatever. Uh, How has Fitu Melifonu played? I know they're, I think, playing him a little bit more at safety. How has he came on the scene? Yeah, I mean, he's been a guy that's the injuries have really... um sidelined him he, he i think i think he injured himself in like the second game of the season last year and went on ir and missed about half the season and they, they they scattered him a little bit at corner late in the year and he looked okay but they decided in the offseason they wanted to move him to safety and um again he got injured and so we've basically seen none of him in year two so far he, he's just finally now getting healthy he might be active in this game but i don't expect him necessarily to to play much um, the Lions do have an injury with Deshaun Elliott. He's dealing with a concussion. I'm not sure if he's going to clear protocols, but I wouldn't expect um, Ifatu Melifanu to, to take his place. He might just kind of be relegated to say special teams too. But the fact that they're, they're changing his position in year two, the fact that he's dealing with injuries has to not be a great sign for his future. Um, and and yeah, like it, it, it's an unfortunate situation because he was an intriguing prospect with with a lot of physical tools that you you would want but they they just haven't found a spot for him to to play and and he just can't stay healthy so he's still kind of very much a a, a tbd guy but um you know if, if his career keeps trending in the way it's going it, you know he could very well not be on the team next year moving into game prep and it's okay to pick the obvious one of course uh two x factors for the lions on sunday one on offense and one on defense yeah, I think I think I'll go with DJ Chark because again, um, I, th- I think the game plan against this Lions offense right now is to load the box, and and teams have been pretty successful at it because Jamal Williams is is a good running back, but he's not an explosive one, and so if you can limit him to three four yard carries, then then you'll you'll slow this defense or this offense considerably. You'll get him into third and shorts, and like I said, this team is not good at third and short situations. If you have a guy like DJ Chark who can keep the defense honest stretch the field a little bit, maybe get a, you know, get them into two high shells so that there is room to run the, the ball underneath. Um, that, that can be a game changer. And it, it, it's interesting because golf and shark had a really good chemistry in the preseason, really good chemistry in, in training camp. Um, and then, you know, those first two or three games happened and, and we didn't see it really develop. And granted he only played two or three games. Um, you know, it's a small sample size, but you'd like to see a little bit more of that production and maybe they come out firing this week. We'll see. Uh, on defense, I, I think, I mean, I think I have to go with Hutchinson, especially, you know, Aiden, you know, uh, Evan Neal uh, looks like he's doubtful for this game. Might be a weakness there on, on the right tackle. They, they like to move Aiden all the way around. So if, if they like that matchup, expect to see Aiden a lot on that side. If they don't like that matchup or they want to move him all around, maybe you'll see him on left side. I know uh, that left tackle is pretty talented over there. So um, I have to imagine that they'll probably sprinkle him mostly over the right tackle there, but uh, but we'll see because, like I said, they they like they, they like his versatility. They'll, they'll slide him inside um, on on pass rushing downs if, if the lines can get into some third and longs. Um, but yeah, it, it's got to be Aiden Hutchinson, Hutchinson just because he's been making a lot of big plays lately. And then two X factors to look for in terms of the Giants: one on offense and one on defense. Oh man, I mean, 
you have to go Dexter Lawrence, right? Like that dude is a beast. Um, just, I, I, I mean, that's all everyone was really talking about this week when, when it comes to the coaches. It's just like we have to figure out a game plan for him. And, and again, it's big that Frank Ragnow is going to be playing in this game. Um, but at the same time, he, he's dealing with that toe injury. He's not going to be 100% and not a lot. People can, have been able to stop him um, in, 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 any, in any capacity. And so if he can stop the run, if he can rush the passer, Jared Goff is just not a good quarterback when it comes to pressure. And so you, I know they're they're going to dial up the blitzes. They're most you know highest rated blitzing team in in football. So um, yeah, and and I have to imagine blitzing right behind Dexter Lawrence is probably one of the easiest things you can do in the world because that guy will clear out lanes for you. Um, on offense, I mean, I, I guess I have to take the the obvious one here too with with Saquon Barkley. It feels like the the offense starts and stops with him, and so um, lines have been better stopping the run. Um, in the past three or four weeks, obviously last week against the Bears was a, a whole different beast because they've got a whole thing going on with Justin Fields. And, and not to say that, you know, you guys don't have a, a mobile quarterback of your own, but um, not you don't quite use them at, at the same level. The Bears are using Justin Fields right now. So um, you stop Saquon. I think I think it, it's, it's absolutely critical that they do, because I think getting the, the, the Giants into third and longs is getting them into their most uncomfortable position. Right. They have to pass the ball downfield um, and and. You guys are still trying to figure out who, who's the best guy to throw down there. And I, I hear it's not Kenny Galladay. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> so, yeah, if, if you stop Saquon Barkley, you get into some of those third and longs, then I, I think the Lions have a fighting shot at, at keeping this a low-scoring game. Who do you think is going to win, and where can people find you on social media and your work? Yeah, I, I have this as an extremely close matchup. Um, I really think both teams are, are going to try to do the kind of same thing, and, and they're, they're kind of built similarly. They have really young defenses who, who they hope kind of punch above their weight class. The Giants have done a lot better jobs on third down and in the red zone than the Lions have. Um, but offensively speaking, like it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's you have these quarterbacks that have had turnover issues in the past, so let's take the pressure off them. Let's run the ball a ton. Let's, uh, you know, play ball control um, where, where you're just trying to not make mistakes, bleed a lot of clock, you know, 15 play drives, that sort of stuff. And so I do think it's going to be a low scoring game. Um, and and every matchup I look at is, is, is just super close. And I think the Lions are improving in run defense, which is why I'm going to give them the edge here, but I'm not very confident in it. And I, I fully admit this is partially me just just playing the homer flag and, and maybe riding the wave of a of a two game winning streak, which is which feels like a long winning streak in Detroit given how things have been. So I got this one 23 lines, 20 giants. And and, and uh, you can find me, uh yeah, sorry. You can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter, pride Detroit.com is where all my work is. Um, if, if you're into video content like this, um, you can go to our Twitch page, twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit, where we have a bunch of live things. We do Madden simulations. We do post game shows. We do player interviews, all sorts of fun stuff over there. Like comment, subscribe to all the good stuff. Everybody. I'd like to thank uh, Jeremy for taking time out of his night and, uh, coming on previewing with me. Great discussion, Jeremy. And, uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Alex.